Welcome to the Nomad Tactics Podcast. Here we provide life-optimizing tips and systems for digital nomads. I'm your host, B, and I'm joined with the co-host, Jack. Today is our third episode, and the topic today is how can you select a good base as a digital nomad? I will start with a quick summary of the episode. First, we will talk about in which step of our digital nomad life system, this topic would better fit in. After that, we're going to talk about some general considerations of the topic. And third, we're going to talk about the actual criteria of how you can select a good base as a digital nomad. What are the things you should look for? I hope you enjoy the episode. So um, so the, t- the topic of today is how to select a base. So I, I think it will be f- good for the audience to recap what is a base. Oh, yeah. So a base, it's not a fancy term. It's just the way digital nomad call their homes, their temporary homes. So usually a digital nomad would say, oh, Chiang Mai is my base now. So you might have different bases throughout the year or but usually these are temporary homes you know what i mean so you live there for a while it could be a cave in it could be a cave yes mountain in, in himalaya something yes. like that <laughs> so um that would be a good airbnb property i guess so um so if you are the new listener and you don't know about Nomad Tactics, mm-hmm. we have a system called Digital Nomad Live System. That's right. And this is how to select a base in under the, the success system we have. Yeah. This is the second step. Yeah. So as you said, we have this uh, system we call the Digital Nomad Live System, which basically it's a roadmap for how you can transition from having a normal, stable, nine-to-five life into a fully optimized digital nomad life. And we divide into six steps. As you said, the second step of the system is where this topic would better fit in. The second step of the system is called base pre-planning. And base pre-planning simply means when you are selecting the main variables to do with your base. And one of these variables will be where will you live? Where will your next base be? You know what I mean? So that's basically the topic today. We're going to talk about how can you select a good base as a digital nomad? What makes a good base? So if you want to know more about digital nomad life system, you can always go to the second episode of our podcast. We give an overview there. Yeah. So um, before we go into the base selection, I'm sure... Mm -hmm. Um, you have some observation you want to make about how to make this selection as most accurately and most precise as possible. Like yeah. one of the observation you have here is the, the items we list in, in this episode are not in a hierarchical order. 
so yeah, just a, a quick recap. So the, the topic today, basically we came up with a criteria for things that a digital nomad should look for when he's selecting a base. And this criteria is further broken down into certain categories that we will talk about. As you just said, I don't think there is any hierarchical order in this criteria. So I'm not saying that one thing is more important than other, at least objectively. It's a matter of you as a digital nomad, knowing your situation, knowing your own preferences and kind of having keeping those at mind in order to prioritize yourself what should you consider more or less so we are basically just giving you the factors to consider and it's your job to think oh this is more relevant to me this is less relevant to me so i should care less about something like that so this is something based quite heavily on the personal taste uh what kind of base yeah like? yeah I, I i wouldn't say everything i think certain things are kind of uh universally applicable or they're, they're things everybody gonna kind of consider but so you think there's a universal standard in this certain things like cost everybody consider cost to a certain extent maybe if you're super rich you're gonna disregard but uh, let's say 90 percent of people I see. But other things such as uh, a digital nomad community, some people might say, look, I don't really like to hang around with digital nomads. I prefer to hang around with locals. Therefore, the existence or lack of existence of a digital nomad community in a given city is kind of a relevant factor. Basically. I see. So, yeah, of course, social is, is one of the criteria we're going to talk yeah. about in the yeah. base selection. And just one point I would like to make before we go into the actual criteria is the following. Look, we're going to talk about a lot of factors and you're probably going to be considering more than one city when you're going over the criteria. I think a, a good thing to do is to like pick two or three and compare and contrast them. But keep in mind, no city will perfectly fit the criteria. Just use this as a reference consider those things but it's more like a checklist for example yeah but what i'm trying to say is that no city probably will check all the boxes in the checklist yeah so you gotta know when you have found something good enough and settle for that i see so like uh -huh. let's say you really like london yeah and i'm pretty sure you check a lot of boxes yeah and there are a lot of downsides of course yeah like the cost yeah it's extremely high in london yeah and is that a good example of... Yeah, it's something... Oh, it's good enough. You're not going to fit checklist. everything, but maybe compared to the other two options that I'm considering, let's say Paris and, uh, I don't know, Bucharest. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. So let's go through the overview of the base selection criteria. As far as I understand, this criteria has four categories, yeah. which are logistical, work, social, and personal. I start with the logistical. Uh, here sure. your roads this how easy to live in the city. So yeah, these are some kind of general characteristics about the city that are gonna make living there easier or harder. So the first item in this category is costs, which are quite obvious because whenever I choose a base, costs always come first, first in my mind. Yeah. yeah, I feel that's your main focal point item yeah when you're choosing a new base is that right yeah um, yeah 
of course, anyone has to consider how much they have. Yeah. And how much they're gonna pay. Yeah, but it depends a little bit, depending on how much、uh, money you have at hand. But anyway, yeah, cost is、uh, quite straightforward here. You should always see how expensive、uh, is the cost of living in the city, and I guess most people would tend to prefer cheaper places, right? I guess that explains some of the main digital nomad destinations. True, like、uh, most of the digital nomad destination、mm-hmm. are in Southeast Asia、yeah. or in South America. Yeah, South Central America. Yeah, cheaper places, so many people go there. I guess it's one big factor. And to conclude this point, we have two tools that can help you calculate the living costs of the city, which are Numbero dot com and Expatism dot com, and they are all linked in our show notes. So the next item is visa policy with a passport at home. I know visa is a really, really big issue, annoying thing、yeah, to deal、yeah. with. So in this last trip we did together, I didn't have to get any visa, or I got one, and you got, got like one e-visa only. Huh? I think you got one e-visa. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's something we will talk about.、Um, when I talk about the visa policy, I'm talking mostly about. The visas in which you need to apply in an embassy, you know. But I think you got like fifteen visas. Well, consider、like、the arrival and、e-visa. no, the ones that you had to apply in the embassy. How many? I think it's only five. Anyway, yeah, but still, it's, it still is, quite many, and they were complicated ones. But anyway, visa policy here、uh, simply means you should research what is the visa policy、uh, of the country in which the new. Possible bases located, and again, you should probably prefer countries that don't require you to have a visa.、Uh, maybe e visas or visa on arrivals are kind of okay because they're not such a big, you know, hassle. But if you need to go to an embassy and apply and go through that whole process, I would say try to avoid those. Of course, there are some cool countries that you need to have the visa, but If you can avoid those, try to do so. All right. Speaking of the honorable resources we have, we have two websites that helps you find out what kind of visa you need for your passport. The first one is VisaList.io. The second one is PassportIndex.org. And again, these are linked in our show notes. Yeah. So the next item we got here is safety. I know safety is very important, but it is that important. Yeah, so it depends. Let's put it that way. So the the thought process here, when I listed safety, is the following: if you're staying very little, very quickly in a in a place, let's say you're just staying for one or two weeks, I don't think safety is that important in the sense that you can be really. Attuned to the environment and really, you know, pay close attention to things, and probably nothing bad will happen. But even if you're really street smart, it's something you always need to kind of keep the radar on. And the point I'm trying to make here is that 
if you're leaving in a place for a couple of months, as digital nomads usually do when they stay in a base, you don't want to be constantly worrying about your safety. You know what I mean? I haven't lived in any country that is infamous for criminal raids. Yeah, you surely already passed by. You already passed by certain places in Central Asia that I did, are not yes. that safe. But imagine if you were to live there. That's the point I'm trying to make. You would be constantly on the lookout for things, and I, I think you should always prefer bases where that's not really an issue. That's the point I'm trying to make. And there are two websites that help you find out how safe a city is. One is visionofhumanity.org. The other one is safetravel.gov.t.nz. And the next item is English level of the city. So yeah, once again, I think this is an item I don't think many digital nomads consider when they're selecting their bases. But I think the level of English spoken in the base is a very crucial thing to to consider. Of course, there's a lot you can do with only basic communication, uh, especially if you think in more practical terms. But at least to me, connecting with locals is kind of a big deal when you travel. I tend to prefer bases with at least reasonable English spoken. And a very important point here is actually that English level is not the same across a country, especially if we're talking about a big country, right? So if you go to the capital, usually... Uh, you're going to have a better English level. So if we take, for example, China, um, the English level in Shanghai and Beijing going to be drastically different when compared to a small tier city in the countryside. And I, I feel like if people don't speak English in the base, in general, you're just going to have a harder time being productive in your day-to-day -day life. And again, if it's your base, that you want to try to be as productive as possible. If you're just going there for a few days, perhaps that's not such a big issue, right? You you can go around doing the signs and stuff like that or speaking broken English. But if you're really staying there for a couple of months, I think that's one more thing to consider. Okay, so here the, the the famous website nomadlist.com can help you find out the English level of each city you want to visit. And the next item we got here is the weather. So, Mr. B, why is weather so important for... I mean, that's common sense, I guess. Even you can figure that out, Jack. It is, it is. But I, I understand, but I don't understand why it, it is an item in the consideration. I mean, simply because, you know, you might uh, have an idea of going somewhere and you don't really consider the time of the year in which you're going there. And depending on the time of the year, the weather might be drastically different. So you might have an idea of, you know, let's say Canada. You see the photos of the parks the national parks and you want to camp oh. there and then and you you don't realize that 
let's say you're from the south hemisphere, you don't realize in the north hemisphere it might be the winter when you're having the summer and you get there and it's going to be snow. So good luck with that. I mean, it's nice to go to the snow sometimes, but I think the majority of the people, uh, the majority of the time, they want to be in a place with more comfortable, mild weather. So seasonality is a big yeah. I mean, consider the weather and more specifically the weather in the time in which you're going. So usually I shoot for places with weather between 10 to 30 degrees Celsius and with little rain, right? Um, yep. Yeah. So check the weather. That's a crucial thing before you go to your base. I see. So do we have any resources for checking the weather? So I think in terms of resources, you can simply do a Google research. I think that's already quite good. You just type weather, name of the city, month by month, and it should show the temperature and the uh, rain. Also, you can use the website called weather-atlas.com. You can have a month by month forecast of the weather. I see. So that so the weather is the last item of the category of logistical. The next category we have here is work, and this is the yeah. aspect of how to deal with the remote working aspect of digital nomads. Yeah, the so first, very crucial uh, yeah. part of the whole criteria, I would say. Yeah, of course you have to work. Yeah. <laughs> the first item we have here is the internet speed. Internet speed. Um, something I I have noticed more and more people are kind of uh, thinking about that before going to destinations, especially because I feel like nowadays uh, for certain types of job, like uploading videos uh, to YouTube or things like that, you do need uh, quite good internet. So it's something that's becoming more and more uh, apparent on conversations when I talk to digital nomads. And the basic idea here is that you should know the average internet speed in a country. You know, of course, it's going to vary from place to place. There are hotels with really bad internet speed and hotels with amazing internet speed. Same thing with... uh, coffee shops, but countries tend to have either good internet speeds or bad internet speeds, I would say. And you should consider the type of work you do, as I just said. So if you do something that is more video-based work, maybe you need more internet, but only if you work only with text, perhaps you can get away with uh, less. And some parts of the world that are quite famous for having slow internet is parts of Africa. You know, so many of my friends have been to Africa and had to do something online. They told me, look, it's extremely expensive because sometimes you got to pay extra to use it and it's slow. So a good website to search for the internet speed of different cities is nomadless.com. 
So the next item, and it's also a last item of the working category, is co-working space. So, Mr. B, um, have you been to one co-working space, and how does it help you? Yeah, so I've been to quite a few. When I started uh, my journey as a digital nomad, I didn't really go to those places, especially to to save money. You know, I thought these were overpriced. I believe after my third year, I start going, and I really see the value in in doing so because, you know, I think you really get more productive when you're there. I mean, partly because you're paying for it, and then you feel the kind of obligation to work. And also, it's a, a good place to meet other digital nomads, right? And I think a good metric to know if a city will have a lot of co-working spaces is if the city has a lot of digital nomads. Usually, these two things go hand in hand. You agree, Jack? Yes, I agree. Um, I think if a country has or a city has a community for digital nomads, usually some of the digital nomads will we try want, to yeah. create a space for co-working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what was your favorite you ever been? Uh, actually, I've been to one, the one in Chiang Mai. And oh, you want to be in Chiang Mai? Yeah. I see. I've been in Chiang Mai. Yeah. My, my favorite one was in uh, Madrid. I see. Yeah. Sounds f- fabulous. So, um, you do think co working space can help a digital nomad with his yeah. productivity yeah. and his social life? Yeah, I do believe so. I mean, it's uh, this item in the criteria, of course, a little bit subjective because. As you can imagine, some people don't like to go to those places, either because they think it's uh, not worth the money or they feel less productive because they just want to chat. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I believe it's a good thing. Oh, and also another, another way uh, to assess if a city will have a lot of co-working spaces is to look at the sheer size of the city, right? So big cities tend to offer more co-working space. You mean like the population of the city? Yeah, how big it is, yeah. I see. Uh, so the good website you told me about is coworker.com. Yeah, I never tried it, but I trust your words. And yeah, so that's the end of the working category. Yeah. And the next is also kind of similar to what we just said, is the socializing yeah. category for... Yeah for this base selection. And this is aspect is quite self-explanatory, is mm-hmm. how the, the the things that deal with social life. Of a digital nomad. Yeah. yeah. And the first item we got here is that we just mentioned, the digital nomad community. Mm-hmm. So yeah, related to what I said, I think you can assess the digital nomad community partially based on the number of co-working spaces. So we can go both ways. And Again, a little bit of a subjective uh, item. Some people really like to hang out with other digital nomads. I personally like, but I try to, you know, not restrict myself to those people. I think Jack uh, don't generally hang out with them, right? No, I don't. You... I prefer to stay by myself, yes. You save more by yourself, yeah. But yeah, if if you are into meeting people in the community, then definitely you should check how big is the digital nomad community in the new possible base. Yeah, because it's just, I feel it tends to be easier to make friends and business connections even because our people kind of living the same lifestyle as you are, 
right? I think you should try more, Jack. You can meet some good people there. So a good way to search about the digital nomad community in the city is by Facebook group. You can check out how active is the group, are the people commenting on the group, and、uh, how many members are in the group. So the next item we have here is friends. I.e., do you have friends in the city? Yeah. So I mean, friends here.、Uh, I think you can understand in very broad terms. It can be simply people you know.、Uh, doesn't need to be that close, right? The idea here is that if you know people in a city, you have, I would say, two main benefits. Number one, the person can probably help you when you're setting in,、um, which is a, a big help, right? So, like, it can help you actually moving the place and showing you around. Uh, and this will cut your learning curve of how to, you know, go around the city quite a lot. Also, another big benefit of having a friend in the city is that you're not gonna need to spend that long building a new social circle in the new base. So we always advocate digital nomads to try to create some sort of social circle when they get to a new place. But if you already know people there. You can either hang out with them or have warm introductions by them. Yeah, I think having a friend in a city can always make your digital man life easier and even happier. Yeah, no doubt about it. So the next item is a bit personal, I would say. Yeah, it's about the... definitely not for you, right?、Jack? Yes, it's not for me. It's、yeah. the nightlife of the city. Yeah.、Um, yeah, nightlife. You can check. How how、uh, vibrant, how good is the nightlife in the city?、Um, in terms, of course, bars and clubs. And if you are into that, I think it's it's something quite important. I, I know quite a few people that that's、uh, a crucial part of the criteria for them. It's a deal breaker if the nightlife is kind of bad.、Uh, just a key point here is that you should consider the seasons, right? So certain places, the nightlife it's quite good in some seasons, like usually the summer, but during the winter, it's quite bad. I see. Yeah, nightlife is always important. I, I find a bit tricky to to give any resource for this one because, you know, you have this kind of rankings online, but I never found a really reliable way. To to assess the nightlife, I guess the only way to do so would be to go on Google Maps and write club or bar and see how many there are if they have a lot of reviews. Also, you can ask on、uh, digital nomad Facebook groups.、Uh, you can ask people if they think the nightlife there is good. Yeah, this is probably something more of a word of mouth thing. Yeah, yeah. something like that. So the next item on the list is dating life. So yeah, I mean, I guess this item is quite self-explanatory. And if you're single and you want to meet people, it makes sense for you to have in mind the type of person you're likely to encounter in the new base. I think you're right. I think、um, you should consider the dating aspect、yeah. when you travel,、yeah. especially when you're single. So that's the end of. The socialized category. The next category we have here is personal. This is the part of criteria that is related to personal preference. Yeah, 
And some people, I think, would argue this is perhaps the most important category. Yeah, it's quite important, yeah. So the first item we have here is lifestyle. Yeah, so lifestyle, uh, broad term, but the general idea here is that you should consider which sort of lifestyle the new possible base can offer you. You should, of course, prefer places that will have compatible lifestyles to the ones you enjoy living. So for the sake of example, I know this sounds a little bit vague. Let's say you are a big city kind of person. It makes sense for you to look for new bases that can offer you that. So big cities. On the other hand, if you are more of a nature or beach kind of person, you should look for smaller cities probably around the coast. What, what would you say is your personal preference here? Uh, personally, I like city life. I know yeah. some people really enjoy suburban life, yeah. but me, I have to live in where everything is within yeah, yeah. the walking uh, distance. I noticed that when, when we travel together, I think we kind of enjoy the same lifestyle. So we agree quite easily on the area in which to rent, even though we don't agree on the cost yeah. of the accommodation. Of course, <laughs> because living in the center of city is always kind of yeah, yeah. high and cost. You always want to pay less. <laughs> yeah, of course. And Mr. B, do you have any you know, resources for the audience to check the lifestyle of the city? Yeah, again, this is a little bit tricky. I don't think lifestyle is very much a objective concept. Therefore, um, I feel there is a little bit of guessing. So you, you can read a little bit about the city, watch a couple of videos on YouTube, and you got a second guess if that fits your personal preference. Yeah, I do agree with that. Whenever you do mm -hmm. base selection, there's always a bit of guessing. Yeah, and I think here everything is... here, you, you never know for sure. Uh, a lot of the things you might research one way, you might think the base is going to be like that, and you get there. And certain things are drastically different, yeah. Yeah. So the next item here is interest in the country. Very, very important item. And kind of common sense. At the same time, I feel many digital nomads forget that once in a while. The idea is that you should probably be living and having bases on places that you have some sort of interest in the country culture or anything, to be honest, about the country. If you start to live this digital nomad lifestyle, some people get caught up on this idea that they need to be constantly moving and sometimes they just move to a place they are not that interested just because they need to move you know what i mean they need to check one yes yeah, they check in the box yeah to say, oh i've been to this many countries in yeah, my life yeah but even though i do think that sometimes you should just try out even though you don't have that high expectations in a country the majority of the time you should go to places where you have an interest and it's easy i would say for you to forget the initial purpose that you became a digital nomad right so yeah you want to see more things yeah, in a sense. yeah. you want you, to you, you leave you want to leave in a place that allow you to be productive 
but at the same time, you're a traveler, so you gotta care where you're going. Yes, I do agree with you. So I think that concludes the whole base selection process. That's yeah, that's pretty much it. So this is, as we said, a quite long list in terms of a criteria for helping you to select a good place to be your next uh, digital nomad base. And a lot of personal preference and subjective options here. All of the items are not presented in a hierarchical order. But I think it's a good kind of reference list. Yeah, I do agree with it. Uh, it's like whenever you want to select a base, yeah. it's a good thing Just to check think out about what is there yeah. to think about. Yeah, and yeah. compare more than one. So get a couple of cities that you are considering and compare and contrast these different factors with one another and settle for the one that is good enough. Yeah, uh, we have to stress again, there is no... Yeah. a city that perfectly fits yeah. all the criteria so if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to leave a review and the comment on the platform you're listening and if you want to follow us you can find us on the social medias like facebook twitter and instagram finally if you want the show notes which is a detailed explanation of this episode as well as all the resources of the websites we talked about today exactly you can go on the website nomantactics.com and the links in the description thank you very much thank you